got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, the wind is expensive. I got expensive, the wind is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Hello and welcome to Put That Coffee Down. I'm Dooner here with Kevin Hill. Man. I know, another exciting week, right? I like the new video, but it's weird to get hyped up when because the they trigger it on the outside, so we don't get to hear I, it. I know, yet. right? I just see the, the clips going through, so we don't get to yeah, I know. We don't get to get revved <laughs> up for the show. I know. I was get to, about to go all what the truck on here. <laughs> which uh, you actually you co hosted that last Friday. You got to uh I did, yeah. Experience the theme full the, bore. I know, right? The the Dooner energy coming out in full force for what the truck. Hey, let's highlight something. Speaking yes. of energy, good energy, positive energy that Put That Coffee Down does, the Freight Sales Podcast for Closer. We mentioned, right? We mentioned, we mentioned sending out letters. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we mentioned the, the art of, of a handwritten note, a thank you note, and how powerful that is. And we got one. We, we each got one from the same person. From the same guy. So it was from uh, Jay Heinz-Skills, right? Yeah. Out of Michigan with XPO yeah. and and just a, what's a brief sample of what he wrote? I know I shared this online, but just a great example. It's like some people yeah. people may say to us, "Well, you guys aren't even selling anything. What are you selling?" Well, setting this, you just We're, sold yourself product and product I, placement I, for XPO. I know, right? So, XPO. Yeah. Smart so, move. so thank you so much for the the valuable content you guys do on Put That Coffee Down podcast. I have the the the, the something advice you offer. To your customers, I, I really like the the last episode, the sales culture. Cool. If there's anything I can do in return, please let me know. Yeah, sales culture. By the way, our least listened to episode. They've all done really well. Yeah. It's done well, but it's lagging behind. And sales culture is so important. So I implore you, people, go out there, listen to our back episode on sales culture. It'll give you great advice, like you, sending out that letter. I know, right? So, so a thank you note. So he sent it to both of us. Mm-hmm. You know what? It, Hall of it, Fame. I, Hall of Fame right there. So send us a thank you note, number one, and we'll put it up on the Hall of Fame. Yes. And basically our address is is 412 Market Street, Chattanooga, yes. Tennessee, 37402. And I know that because okay. I just had to do a return, uh, basically put it on our return address because I'm shipping out books that people want. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll yeah. get to the drawing at the end of the show for this week. This week, there were 27 names, so yeah. it's been expanding exponentially. exponentially. It went from 7 to 14 yes, and now 27, yes. so at a quicker rate than the exponent should even dictate. Dictate, right? yes, right. yes. Phone lines are open. What's the number? Uh, it is 423-710-9777. And basically, on the thank you note, he wrote, he wrote both of us. And it doesn't matter if it's the same thing, the same exact words. I don't know if it is or not at all. And it doesn't matter if I can read every word on air on the fly. Yes. It doesn't matter. Hey, and JD has a service that he uses to to put those things out there. So uh, you don't have to write those all yourself. What is today's episode about? It's about ambition and goals and pushing yourself to the limit, or at least outside of your comfort zone. And speaking speaking of this shows and culture and everything, we're putting this up right now. I'm about to share... Our Glengarry lead list. And those the, our Glengarry's yeah. in our parlance is just all the people who follow and listen to the show. If you want to be a part of it, you want to connect with other salespeople. This is not a solicitation list. Don't solicit people. If I find out you're bugging a bunch of people, you're out. You're, you're out. out, right? You are but, out. But join the list. I'm about to put it right into... Uh, into Yeah, it's a great networking list, though. Yeah. We have like 70 or 80 people last time I, I opened it up. And, yes. you know, it's it's building a community for sales, it's helping each other out in the sales process, making sure that everyone hits their goals. And basically, it's, a, you know, a, a list of ambitious people that you want to be around. Patrick Murray from Arkansas has tuned in as well. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Uh, Jamin, Jamin wrote, handwritten letters are the best, been one of my prospecting tools for years and always shocked. That more of my coworkers don't do it. Loved your mention of it and great appreciation. And he wasn't just fronting because this is the beauty of LinkedIn. Then Rebecca Sotzing, director of sales rights, I still remember you giving a handwritten note to each person in your office on your last day at CH Robinson. You impressed me then. You continue to impress me with your abilities to connect with people now. It's such a powerful tool that, that no one does. And you will stand out in the crowd if you send handwritten notes. Yeah. And I say this, and I'm so far behind in my handwritten notes right yeah. now. I feel a little guilty. I feel like a, a little bit of a, 
of uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know either. A so, hypocrite. So, a hypocrite. Yes. Exactly right. So I feel you a said bit, it, not me. Yeah, no, I feel like a hypocrite. But I'm going to go upstairs after the show and and get caught up with my handwritten notes. Smart move. Jay has motivated me. There, there we go. And that's in the comments now. And we had one question that, and this is a great thing about the community is we share all these stuff. People reach out to us. People make live comments to us. They saw the handwritten note this morning. I made a video about it, yes. which is another fundamental, which is my own version of the thank you card mm-hmm. is I received it. Here you go. We'll use it as a way to cross promote each other. I'll cross promote yeah. you. You just gave me that excuse to have that conversation for me. The excuse to have a conversation with you, the audience and say, Hey, look, this is that in practice. Uh, Chris Seed says, definitely an underutilized resource. Any best practices or game changers when it comes to sending handwritten notes? Should there be a call to action within the note? And I would say probably not. I think they should be short and sweet, and they should touch on a moment that you shared or in a, mm-hmm. something they did that enriched your life. It's a, it's a very give-back form. I, I think so. It's, it's, it's uh, very altruistic, so I wouldn't ask for anything. I wouldn't do a call to action. Uh, you can follow up. Uh, in email or, or digital form with your call to action, I think, uh, after that. I think it, it should be very much focused on whoever is receiving that note. Amanda Miller says, hey. Chris Ulrich says, hello, from Bardstown, Kentucky. And Chris Hecker says, hello, from Vancouver, Washington. Well, hi. We usually start with a quote, so here's a quote on today's topic. It is from Roy McAvoy from Tin Cup. Sure you're familiar with that one, but it says, this is ambition, this is motivation, and the quote is, and when a defining moment comes along, you can do one of two things. Define that moment or let that moment define you. That is wise words from <laughs> the, uh, the, the the golf range pro. Hey, now I got to ask, though, now that a, younger pe- a lot of younger people don't golf, especially in sales, we should do a topic on what, what to do if you don't golf at conferences and these things to connect yeah, with people. That's really good. I know. Yeah, you know, I and I usually don't play golf at conferences because I'm, I'm just too lazy to, to bring my, my bag and I'm really yeah. too lazy to get up at 5 a.m. and go play golf. Yeah. Uh, but but, but that, that is really good. You know, how do you network at, at conferences and especially if you don't play golf or how, how do you network if you don't really play golf but you get invited to go play golf? What do you do? Oh, how do you not look like you're terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah blow the deal that way. I, I know, exactly right. And you got to understand, too, there's a lot of power dynamic that goes on in these golf events. And now you're kind of put on display. You're in uh, not the most. Oh, Jamin plays just played disc golf. I would oh, agree with him here. Very although good. We have one less member to play that with now. Uh, so motivation. So is the headline topic. <laughs> six common factors that motivate salespeople are. And you might disagree. But the well, six that I think there are is money, opportunity, teamwork, independence, visibility, and excellence. Fair enough. That is fair enough. Yeah, I, I think money is going to top all the lists. Yeah, uh, it really shouldn't, um, because while money is good, you know, basically the independence I think or freedom. I, yeah. I think that's another word for for uh, independence, and that's the reason why I like sell so much. It gives me the freedom to do what I want to do, yes. right? To to create my own process, find something that works, and when you get really good at it, it gives you freedom of of time. You you get your time back to you. Yeah, money's the simplest thing, right? It's the, the purest it and simplest form of the current that runs through the body, getting that currency, getting that money, getting paid. It is. Chasing that big deal. But if you don't like the process and the other four items or other five items that have listed here is the process, the yeah. process to attain money. If you don't like that process, you're never going to attain the money that you want. Well, I've worked with a lot of people and very rarely have I actually seen someone leave a job because of money like money may be a reason they didn't they didn't necessarily get the raise this turn or but but it's usually the money's more about a promotion or something else there's something yes. more ego driven to it than just the money itself so well money's great and it's gonna it's going to make your sales force happy while they're there it's also going to embolden them and make them think they can go sell anywhere yes it is <laughs> so you know if you get paid too much you, you think uh you, you can just go do this and replicate it anywhere. And that's tougher to do too. I, I think one of the mistakes, uh, especially younger salespeople say, oh, I'll just take my book of business with me. Well, yeah. well, you know what? Your book of business doesn't really belong to you, even with or without a non-compete. Um, you're, you're not really as powerful as you think you are. We need to have Cassandra back on in the future or some sort of lawyer on to talk about non-compete clauses too and, and yes, what to do yeah. when you're stuck under one. Uh, sales can be one of the hardest because it's the you're sort of the most visible when you go to do sales. So many places have brokerage hubs too. They'll say you can't sell within 50 or 100 miles of this place, but then it turns out they're basically blanketing every square foot of the U. I think you've been States. under one of those. I, have, I was under one of those, I, yeah. and I fought it. Yeah, so so I've been under that. and it, it, constituted, it again. I know, right? It, it constituted about 12 clients, and I couldn't 
I, I couldn't contact those guys for, for a year. And uh, it's, it's difficult. And even if you don't have a non-compete, if you go to somewhere, you know, basically it's, it's still changing costs for the shipper, right? They would really have to like you. You really have to provide a lot of value to lure customers away from, from one freight brokerage, one entity to another. Yeah, and as we put this out there, let's let's put this out to the audience too. We name those six. What motivates you, especially beyond money? We touched on money first because money is you know typically the most obvious one. I mean, money's great, but it's it's kind of a little bit. If that's all that motivates you, then you know I don't know. Chris Mayberry, he says, he worked five years in operations, and my income barely increased on top of the hours that I had to work. Saw the financial growth and freedom that friends and family had in sales, and soon finally made the jump. One of the best career decisions I've made. Wish he had made the jump sooner. So, smart move by him. He took a little bit of ownership of it, and he's getting commission, so he can kind of control his money you, in some You control sense. your income. That's the right? one thing about, yeah, because in sales, we're very rarely, like, when you talk about salary in sales, especially if you're more higher commission focused, you usually have that conversation when you first get the job, but not a lot of people revisit it that hard, like the, the amount of salary they're, they're getting made. And sales guys tend to lean maybe, because they already got the commission, they tend to want some equity or something like that. They, they do, or a bigger territory, or more leads, or yeah. more ways to, to turn uh, the, that space into to commission-driven sales. And opportunity, right? Opportunity, that's yes. Number two here is opportunity, and, I, and that's both perceived and received. That's both internal versus external. Opportunity feeling that you can advance within the organization. If you come in as an account executive, and the guy above you has been there for 35 years, you might not feel like you have a lot of opportunity to advance. Sure. Now, if you're in a place where people move up to director's positions, they can move, you've actually seen a trajectory to C-suite or a trajectory to wherever you want to go to or to a bigger territory or whatever it may be, knowing that opportunity is there is just as uh, motivating and empowering as it is disempowering and demotivating when you know that you can't go anywhere that's when you start feeling like you're dead. True. You know, if you're in the back office, if you're in accounting or operations or some non-revenue side of the business, you do have to wait for people to clear out. In sales, you might still have to wait for that, that promotion and things to clear out, but you're still in control of your income. You're in control of your success. And and I, I think a lot of salespeople, I, I, I think myself included, you know, I could care less about titles. I, think I, I, I don't care about titles. I just want to be able to earn. I care about what room I'm in. That, what room you're in. Because that's where decisions are made. Like, if I want to oh, be true, in the yeah. room where decisions are being made versus any sort of perceived or imperceived title. Yeah. Now, a lot of the guys with the, with the appropriate titles to be in certain rooms, just like a lot of people with the title sales are some of the worst salesmen. Some of the people that are spo- like decision makers, sometimes they're just there to, to mm-hmm. say yes. They're not the person that's actually going to make huge, great, sweeping changes. Yes. And, and, and basically, so, you, you know, but if you sell enough, you're, you're going to be involved in those decisions. Patrick Murray says that for him... It's that he's feeling like he's getting something done, feeling that he's an asset, not a, a liability. I feel like I'm not making a difference. I will remove myself. And I think we've seen that happen in every organization I've been in. I've seen a person who kind of fires themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They feel like they're not, they get in their head that they're going to lose their job because they don't feel like yes. they're contributing enough that they almost make that outcome a reality. And then they stand in front of them and they go, okay, well, here's my two weeks notice. I, uh, you, you're what you think you, you are what you think you not not you are but you are what you think about so if you focus on the negatives you're going to, to think that you're doing negative if yeah. you're, you focus on the positives you're going to think you're doing positive so you know you, you the, the 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 right state of mind a lot of people just don't have the right state of mind i think that's why we focus on psychology so much on this show mm-hmm. the cold calling episode we call the psychology of cold calling yeah. but ambition's the same thing it's not it's not real. It's perceived. It is. So, it all comes from, from yourself. Sure. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what the external world does. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what people think about you. It all comes from within. Until you get your mind right, you're never going to, to, to have that, that drive or that ambition. But here's the good news, people. Here's the good news. If you are in sales, the cool thing about sales is you got that commission, especially if you don't have a cap, right? There's only so much opportunity people can even give you. You can go out and make your own opportunity. You got to go out and make your leads. You can't sit there and just blame other people that you're not getting this or you're not getting that. You got to do what you can within an organization or sell yourself to another organization and go sell for them. Figure it out one way or another. But nobody has more mobility in the business than sales. That's one of the true advantages of of the job of being able to move. Now, granted, if you go like if every nine months you're going to another sales job, people are going to be like, he's probably not. 
good of a salesperson. Well, true. You know, basically, it takes a lot more than nine months to, to build a book, book book of business, right? But everyone has everyone has like at least one or two of those well, that's in well, sales. But, but, but you know what? There are bad sales jobs out there. Oh yeah, and you know, it basically, you have to get out of your comfort zone and risk uh, risk being unemployed sometimes just to get out of it, so you can get to where you need to be going. Chris Jolly says mindset is everything. It's rarely talked about, and I I agree with him. A lot of people are waiting for out. Side answers when the truth is that sales is a lot like dieting. There is no sort of miracle juice. The, 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 the only point of the juice is so that you are only consuming a thousand calories a day and it's blocking out every other influence that can come in. A lot of sales things are the same way, but they're all psychological tricks. They, they are. Honestly, you the know, juice. You, you're saying that there's a lot of diets out there. There's a lot of sales processes out there. And I don't know if I can teach you, you know, uh, the, the sales process of, of being a great cold caller. I, yeah. I, I you know, handling objections, you know, in the top 1%. I don't know if we can teach you how to do that, but we can teach you how to get your mind right to make it easier. Because if your mind's right, it just becomes natural. Now, Chris Ulrich, he, he's for 5K Logistics. He says, I'm with a growing company. I'm the fourth employee. Having a chance to make an impact with this company is extremely motivating. I agree. And that's opportunity. I would classify mm-hmm. that right under opportunity. I yeah, think for definitely. us working to start up like freight waves, especially being mm-hmm. put into positions where you got to build a research team. I got to build an audio network, yeah. uh, building that, making these, the, these shows bigger and greater and, and more audience involved and all that stuff is in- incredibly motivating to us as well. It is, you know, and we're not on the sales team, but we're selling a show. Sure. We're building an audience. We're also building people. research. We're selling Freightways TV. We're selling yeah, Freightcast. We're, we're, selling we're, it. we're selling this particular show. I yeah. mean, hey, sponsor it if you want. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's teamwork, by the that, way. Kevin. That is. Teamwork's another one. So shared goal, shared reward, building a common and a common dialogue and a marketing dialogue. Uh, teamwork in sales, it almost sometimes seems antithetical. People, especially in certain organizations where people fight very hard mm-hmm. over territories and and over sales, there's they a fight between. over leads. Yeah, I've seen the fights over leads I have and the, the the petty backstabbings that go into that. Oh, how many times have you heard this conversation out there? Are someone arguing with their sales manager about cold calling on a call? Well, it was in Salesforce, and in Salesforce isn't like the best search engine anyway. So sometimes like two, the company can be in there multiple times, but then the person will always throw that excuse out, like it was in my territory, and I'm like, well, you you hadn't called on in a year. Our rules are that if you don't call on in a year, I can't. Well, I just forgot to put it in Salesforce. You don't yeah, put it, everything in Salesforce, do you? Of course, I, I just children. forgot it. Become, that's not teamwork, folks. It is not teamwork, and basically, if you're not, if you haven't closed that that account, and someone else starts calling on it, then. You know, you better document it. But then again, you know, but you have these petty fights and sells. Yeah. But then a lot of I feel like what a lot of companies don't do these days with greenhorns and they should do, but they don't do is in the training in that teamwork. And you can always tell culturally right from the beginning, if this is the way if if they don't put you on the road with somebody for a little while and somebody's only do it for like a day, if at all, or they'll put you with like a manager. But that's that's an awkward one. Like six months in, they'll put you out for your first sales call with like the district manager. Like, okay, what is he bringing to the table here? Am I going to learn anything from him? No, when the, when you're in a company that gives you the district manager like six months into it, a year into it, you're probably not going to learn an S from that guy because they haven't trained you yet. Don't expect it now. I know, right? Especially in, in a full-blown meeting. Yeah. And, and basically, if they let you talk, they're going to be critiquing everything you say, which is nerve-wracking. Yeah. Or if they're talking, it's just like, why am I even here? Yes. Yeah. It's very uh, hard. Why, why do we have two people in this room? It's very hard to go into a sales meeting if you have multiple different angles you're trying to come at. Like, you can't be the I've best at selling that. this account if you're also trying to sell your district manager that you're good at selling I know. the company, which is what that meeting becomes. And what if you, because he hasn't trained you, what if you have two different selling styles? Yes. And you're just tripping over each other. And you're like, well, I better conform to his style, even though, it, you know, it's difficult for me. And maybe it works for him. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, just because he's a district manager does not mean he's good at sales. Now, how do you feel about shared bonuses and, and sales bonuses and things like that where a team works towards them? Do you think that that motivates the team or do you think it causes it's all the, the, above. the top 10 percent performers are going to be carrying that bonus each time? All and above. Right. Yeah. And, you know, every territory system I've seen, every bonus uh, commission, whether it's team, individual, a combination, all have issues Yeah, because there's no perfect system. So you just try to be as good as you can, eliminate as many uh, bad incentives as, as possible. Uh, but, but I have, n- have yet to see a perfect one, and I have tried to, 
to actually create them my own, and I, I can't do it. I think this is where the gamification comes into play, mm-hmm. and I think we'll get to that in the survey, but where gamification really comes in is that that so even though you're even though you're a team you're still playing against each other it's it's still fighting that it's still giving you that competitive that that aggressive that motivational spirit to to go and win i mean there's it works for me because there's i like to look at another guy and go or another girl and be like f that person i whatever they're doing if i'm in like the same role or the same con like i want to just get beyond whatever they did because they're just human like me and if they were able to get there i can climb higher yeah, I, I, I have this, um, I, I like the gamification too. I, I like to do 10 times more than anyone else says, yeah. or at least try to. And then that's always my goal. Is you want to lap to, people? Uh, yeah, I want to lap people because basically I might not be as good as they are, but if I outwork them and outhustle them and just do 10 times what they do, then, hey, you know what? I'm going to be in the game. Yeah. I'll probably be leading the pack. Do you end up taking on too many things? That's I, I do. <laughs> I, I do. That's this, you know, I have a philosophy. I never say no to anything. And that's the reason why I'm running hectically upstairs, usually. Independence. Independence is a big one. A lot of these decisions you make independently. But what happens is you make these great decisions independently. And then someone else from the team or another team comes over and they go, okay, here, do this and then do this and do yes. this and do this and do this. And that starts to take away from that that independence because now you are responsible. But independence is in sales is one of the the best things that you can get, one of the best things you can cherish, but also one of the most frightening things that you can achieve too because it means you're not having a lot of oversight there's not a lot of oversight and there's a, a great degree of failure right so you're going to fail no matter what yeah you're going to fail 99 times out of 100 no matter what you do really so uh, if you get rid of that fear of failure and just charge at it and do it and 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 you know really embrace the the, the independence and the freedom that you have and and do your best work then you should you shouldn't have to worry about failing or, or not getting the job done. Justin McAfee, I think he might be talking about team selling here, or maybe when you bring that district manager, he said, to avoid tripping over each other, I find the pregame conversation establishing roles of who is number one and two has helped me tremendously. I guess that yeah, would, uh, who's taking the lead. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, too much planning sometimes gets you, get, trips you up as well because, as they say, no uh, plan meets contact with the enemy. Yes. Or no sales plan meets contact with the customer or prospect. Uh, if you plan too too much, then then basically the the first words out of their mouth is just going to to completely destroy that. I mean, they call sales the easiest, hardest job, and I think independence is part of the reason why. But I think independence is a is a great thing there, but it's what washes a lot of salespeople out because you have to. Being independent doesn't mean you get to be a slacker. You don't have to work. In fact, most times, especially if you're not well organized, and then when you start doing this, you don't have the muscle memory, it's going to be the hardest thing you have to do. You have to train yourself to be independent so that you can be independent because what happens in sales is even places with pretty decent oversight, they're still going to pull your your numbers at the end of the quarter, wherever it may be, and you're still transparent to your numbers. You are very transparent to your numbers, right? And and being independent, working on your own, uh, developing your own process, it's going to be awkward at first, yes. right? It's, it's going to be like um, like the first time you swam or the first time you ro- rode a bike, and you just have to keep keep working at it because you're going to suck at it for a little bit. Mm. And the, the only way you can uh, get better is to, to fall down a lot and, and learn from your mistakes and, and keep pushing on, just like yes. Rocky says. Like he's, of course, you got to keep going. Just like Rocky. Oh, keep going. Um, <laughs> well, also when you're asked to produce, right. When you're, you should have some stake in that. When you're asked to produce, you're that transparent in your numbers. You should have some stake in how you go about doing that. I feel like when you start taking independence away, it's when you go, well, I want 100 sales calls in the CRM and 25 in-person visits and these sort of KPIs that are just made up and cause sales people to do their own gamification, which is what I like to call F with the CRM. Uh, <laughs> visibility. That's a big I, one, right? It is. Yes. Uh, the guest we're going to have on in just a minute here, he is from Ambition Software, right? Yes, here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's a good visibility thing. So what what they do, and he'll tell you a little bit about that, is on our big board upstairs, it makes it plays uh, video and, and music and, and, a uh, clip of, and uh, lights go off, mm-hmm. pyrotechnics. Yes. No, 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 no pyrotechnics, <laughs> fire marshal. That'd be cool, though. We'll ask it him would. to get that. I mean, we have the strobe lights, I yes. think, right? Are they strobe lights? I don't know if we- if they're actually strobe lights. They are, yeah. Yeah, are our, our lovely video team connected those. I think that oh, very Cody was the man who did that. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of ways to show visibility. One is giving that prime parking spot. So some places have that VIP parking mm-hmm. of the month. 
Other times people have sales meetings and that sales president will parade you in front of the lunchroom and say, wow, Joe did such an amazing job selling everybody else. Sometimes you get a free cruise. Oh, yeah. Although I don't know if you'd want to take it right now. No, probably not. And now you probably get more than a free cruise, (laughs) more than you bargained for. You get six months at sea, maybe. But some people like that. They want they want that recognition, be it internal, be it via yep. title. I mean, that's kind of what titles are. Visibility is the mm-hmm. title. Like, okay, you've done enough. Here's your, yeah. your wings and your stripe. Now you are, you're not an account executive. You're director of business development. How does that feel? You know. I, it feels okay. That's kind of the same it thing. It feels so. like the, it did yesterday. Respond right? to people. I, Who's got a phone call? What? Do we have are a we, phone so, call right now? I don't know. Cody has, so, uh, <laughs> Cody held a sign up for me. I don't even know what it said. <laughs> um, Maybe it was a thank you card. Maybe it was a thank you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate thanking it coming us for, uh, for 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 all we do. The last one is excellence, and that's pretty simple. That's because you <laughs> want it, man. Yeah, that's because you want it. You right. want it. You're there's driven. Not, there's not much else that can be said. You just want to be the effing best. You do. You compete against yourself more than anybody else. Let's bring our and guest. That's, that's the, the the best way to do it. Let's okay. bring our guest in here. All right. It's time to invite. Fifteen seconds. Guidance is internal. Twelve. 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence starts. I always want to make a bet to see if, if they're actually going to make the countdown or not. 2, 1, come on in. All engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Just in time, just about, the shuttle already took off. Uh, yes. But he's not sure. Introduce yourself, young, put your headphones on. Yeah. Yes. Sure to talk into the mic. These are broadcast yeah, definitely, mics. So definitely into the mic away. Uh, so Chris O'Connor, work for Ambition, uh, and I've only been with Ambition for about uh, two months, uh, but I actually uh, came on board after buying the solution for another company. Oh. So I got to see, uh, you know, the user side of the tool, uh, and then now I'm on board uh, selling the tool. So, cool. Well, here, I know that you're good. relatively new with them, but we do our elevator pitch segment of 30 seconds to sell us and the audience. Let's do it. On either yeah. yourself or Ambition. It's your 30 seconds. All right, Ambition sales coaching and gamification so we're all about creating an environment a sales culture envi- uh, excuse me characterized by transparency accountability and motivation all right so getting those frontliner sell- sellers really excited about selling that product very good very good so we have some time Is yeah anything else you want to throw in oh man it's it's it makes you so excited to come to work every day. Yeah, with a tool like that. Yeah. All right. We're on the Basically, ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> we have it upstairs. Full disclosure. We have ambition yes. upstairs. We get to see our sales guys whenever media, sonar, any kind of deals like that are are done. People here get excited. They get to hear. They pick that their own. How does it work? Right. You pick your own video. You pick your own music to play. Yeah. You go in and select a song uh, that you know it's kind of your at bat song if you want to go up. Uh, and, and so you get to pick a clip of that. You also get to add in a GIF. So yeah. if you want to add a little video there. Oh, yeah. Uh, videos are going all the something time. Something that's going to get your uh, your peers really laughing and excited to see you go up there. Yeah, so, there have been some really creative ones upstairs, I, I, I know. And they, they, they switch them out pretty often. We talked about the, the values of ambition and motivation, and the top six that we identified were money, opportunity, teamwork, independence, visibility, and excellence. Your software alone keys in on uh, on teamwork, right? That's right. Right, and the visibility. Those are the two big keynotes. And why is that important for keeping salespeople, especially sales floors, where a lot of people are together doing business? Why does it keep them motivated? What's good about it? Yeah, so you know, inherently, we all uh, want to be recognized, right? Very few of us uh, don't want that uh, public mm-hmm. recognition. And so... It just is, it helps drive you when you see your song go off. Uh, and, and it also, we're providing that transparency to numbers, right? We know in sales, we, we've got to hit our numbers. We've got to be accountable to that. And so um, just there's some inherent motivation there when you see a leaderboard. If you're not at the top, uh, I just know my own personality. I'm going to do everything I can to get to the top, right? And so we're typically hiring competitive people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, they resonate with that. Now, do you get, does the ambition board go off for you guys when you make sales within your own office? It does. It does. So beyond that, though, what motivates you? This show about motivation, ambition. Board's great, right? Getting that recognition. Uh, they certainly take notice upstairs, especially the the president of sales. Those kind of people are, are keeping an eye on that board all day long, like Hawks uh, in most companies, making sure they go off. So it, it's successful, I think, in keeping people motivated and keeping the wolf away from the door. But what do you do beyond that? 
Yeah, I think another part of the tool that's really cool is, yes, there's that real-time notification on closed deals, uh, number of calls made, things like that. But also in the tool, there's the ability to track growth over a long period of time. So, right, so we all want to make money. That's a huge motivator. But growth and development is what I've found to be kind of one of the bigger motivators for some of my reps. So we're tracking over a long period of time, how well they're doing, how, how they're progressing to the next position. And, and this I, is like calls, you know, number of calls, number of contacts to, to customers, not just, not just closed deals. Right? That's right. That's okay. right. All of the, the leading metrics that mm-hmm. get you to those closed deals, we're tracking all of those things as well. So the good old sales process from beginning to end, right? That's right. That's right. Very gotta, good. Got to make the calls in order to get the uh, get the closed well, deals. Well, what about you? What keeps you motivated? Yeah, number one uh, for me is is money, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the caveat to that is is um, the the future growth potential when it comes to money. So you talked about equity earlier. I mean, those are things that uh, as a salesperson at heart, I'm always thinking about. Um, what about internally though? Yeah, I mean, what, what drives you but besides money? You know, basically, uh, you played you played sports and you know with Henry Byers, right? And that's, that's right. A, you know, I, what what drove you then? Because I mean, you're not getting paid to pay play, you know, high school or, or college soccer, right? Yeah. I mean, what really gets you out of bed every morning and, and drives you? I think I think I've always had a chip on my shoulder personally from mm-hmm. a young age. Um, I, I've always been involved in sports and wanted to play every sport. Uh, wasn't the uh, the right size for basketball and things like that. And so, me personally, I've always kind of carried a chip on my shoulder into sports, into business, whatever it is. And so, I see a challenge, I want to tackle it, and I want to be the best at it. So very good, very good. I, yeah. I think chips on chips on shoulders are a very valuable thing. Yeah, it, it really does. It's a great motivator. It didn't go without note that he was playing soccer with Henry, not basketball. Henry's about six foot nine. So <laughs> I know, right? That's true. <laughs> you mentioned not letting height get in the way. I don't know what, what Henry's problem was there. <laughs> That's Heading right. balls, though. like when you hit the soccer ball, would it just hit like right off his? Oh, he was he was a perfect target uh, as a forward. Yeah, uh, we yeah. would just play off of him. He was he was a great soccer player. It's like his head is taller than net. Yeah, so. he did get a lot of a lot of questions on like why aren't you on the basketball court right now? Oh yeah, but. I'm sure he's he got used to that. Hey, how do you feel about this? TJ uh, Cardarella, he said that he thinks gamification has its pros and cons. And I thought this was really fair. He said, I've seen it from teams I've, le- I've led before. Reps begin sandbagging or even going for the quick sell rather than an all-out, over-all-out solution. It comes to dial-ins, I saw an increase in productivity, but a decrease in quality conversions. So do you think having such visibility and gamification, people, reps themselves will start gamifying the game? Yeah, that TJ brings up a really good point there, and I think that's that's one of the the main reasons why gamification is tough uh, in a sales environment because you want to make sure that you are incenting the right behaviors. And uh, so, for instance, if you you know you want to get more calls out of your reps. Um, you're going to get those calls out of them, but you might sacrifice quality. And so you, you definitely want to uh, look at what, what behaviors are we, are we trying to incent here and then make sure we're uh, tracking all of those. Uh, and, and that's kind of the reason that ambition exists is because we make that easy for sales managers to look at all of those different metrics that lead to success and not just calls or yeah i i, I worked in a, a big call center or inbound or outbound call center that we were selling conferences we were a big conference company in new york and uh it was one of my first sales jobs and you know half the floor you know our metrics was like at lunch we would get an email with our call numbers and, and time and basically half yep. the floor is is just like calling each other or calling whatever number or to get the the conversations up you know they're, they're calling friends and uh and, you know, everyone's just gaming the system. Speaking of calls, the phone lines are open, 423-710-9777. Sounds like I almost do our radio show on the weekend. I know, it's almost. It's, it's almost. ingrained, it's in the muscle memory. Talk about muscle memory <laughs> of sales, this is muscle memory of speaking. All right, let's get to the survey, guys. We did yeah. the survey, we forgot to do this last time, we had to do it on What the Truck. I know. We uh, completely spaced on it, although we're having a good conversation, so yeah. I think that they go hand in hand. Last week, if you were listening to the show and you don't listen to What the Truck, uh, fast forward about 20 minutes I, in or something. Yeah, Kevin was the co-host. Yeah. yeah, if you never listen to What the Truck, listen to that one. Kevin was the, the guest co-host, and we did a 10-minute segment on Put That Coffee Down and went over the sales survey. And thank you all, the sales surveys. We couldn't do them without you, the listeners who fill most of this stuff in. But not only do they fill these in, they leave a bunch of great comments on each time we put one of these posts up, giving us advice on how they lead their teams, people from very diverse 
perspectives, uh, purviews, all those kind of things. So it really helps shape and model this thing. The first one was, slide number one was, how would you rate your ambition against your peers? And now, Kevin, I got a question for you here. You do a lot of surveys, but the survey itself, a question like this by nature, it tends to eliminate lazy people. It does, especially because most of our responses now come from, I, I hardly even email this out. Yeah. Uh, most everything comes from our, our LinkedIn accounts and maybe Twitter. Uh, but, but, but basically, these are the people who are following the show. So I would imagine just by the very nature of following the show, watching, listening, consuming sales materials, you're going to be on the upper crust of the ambition crowd for the survey. How important is it to contextualize a survey? Because we read data all the time, but it doesn't really mean anything if you don't know who the target audience is. You kind of just put this into a frame by saying, well, these are engaged social media listeners mm-hmm. of Put That Coffee Down. So the top of the top. So if you want to compete against people, you got to fill out these surveys. And I, you do. Advice. You know, I, I, think the, um, I, I think it's the next question, but it's about 4.5 on, on your thoughts about your ambition compared to everybody else. Yeah. Well, the, so. we had a bunch of choices here. They were determined to be the best, always looking to get better. I'm as average as it gets, just passing time at my job, barely making it to work each day. And it was 0% for just passing yeah. time, barely making it to work each day, 0%. And the reason why I bring up that, it's it, there's some bias already inherent in the oh, survey Oh, yes, there's itself. a bias survey on, the, on yeah. this question. The lazy dudes are the ones who, like, they don't fill that out. They're the guy who passes yeah. you in the hallway sometimes. They'll be like, oh, they'll note, like, they'll say something like, oh, I that they only knew if they saw it on social media. Right. Mm-hmm. But you'll forget you even put it and you're like, how do you know? Oh, I saw it on your LinkedIn. Well, why didn't you like it? You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez, I mean, what do we teach you? I, I know, show? right? Why don't you share it, like it, leave a comment. What do you I do know, in right? life? Right. Don't make a comment to me in the hallway. Talk about team, Nobody cares we teamwork, talk in real right? life. <laughs> teamwork, you like each other's content. Yes, I know. No. We said, but every time I do see like 17 Freightways people like that, but there's yeah. only like 10 likes from Freightways, like, who are those seven people? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, yeah. who is it? Go ahead and give it a Who's line. not yeah. liking my post? So determined to be the best was was number one. Always yeah. looking to get better was number two. And this is the, Super satisfied with those. Yeah, so this is the one out of five stars. How do you rate yourself? And it came in about 4.5. So, so most so basically determined to be the best. Determined yeah. to be the best. You've got to have that level of confidence in sales. You do. You're you not do. mentally checked. Once you get mentally checked yeah. out, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to persevere. It's so yeah. mental thinking that you can make it over that next hurdle. But that's also mental admitting to yourself that you can't. You're like, you know what? Yeah. Maybe the job is FUBAR. Maybe, you know, like, I'm looking at my book of business. They've been pulling my numbers for a while now. And, like, it just does not look like I'm going to be able to hit my fade or get over that hump. you got to admit that, too. You do. True. You do. And then you have to take uh, take corrections and, and change your course. <laughs> All right, guys, here was the second one. What motivates you the most in your sales career? The options here were money, being a sales expert, corporate advancement, industry recognition, corporate recognition, peer team recognition, or internet fame. So even though this was on the internet, a lot of people on the internet were not necessarily looking for that internet fame. I guess not. I, I know you you said money was the greatest motivator. Mm-hmm. I, I think it probably is initially, but I, I always hate that answer. Yeah. You know, yeah. not that I hate money whatsoever. Yeah. There's always but, some other things behind that. Exactly. Right? What, if, what else if you don't is driving? Enjoy, if you don't have that drive right. internally or those things behind it, you're never going to make the money that you want. That's right. You and, know, so and to your point earlier, people aren't necessarily always leaving companies because of the money. Oh, yeah. There's something yeah. else there. Right? They'll use it as something to complain about because mm-hmm. when you, human beings want to justify our feelings. We want to justify our reality. We want to know why we feel this way. And sometimes we'll just, we'll ascribe it to the wrong thing or we'll we'll give a reason. I mean, how many coworkers there in any building you're in that come up and they'll, they'll just want to start complaining about how much money they make? Yeah, you know, and you think about it, if you if you drop hop, you're not going to make that much more yeah. than what you're making, you know, especially on pay salary, whether you're in sales or, or not, it's going to be a, a fraction, you know, maybe $5,000, maybe $10,000 more for, for a lot of people. And after taxes, it's just like, well, yeah. is it worth the risk to go somewhere else? The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Oh, look, I think we might have a phone call. Let's see. Who's dialing uh, in over let's here? Let's see. Let's get him off mute. Let's see if we can. Hi. Oh, is this Jamie dialing right now? Let's make sure he's connected. Well, is it, is hey, it Damon. Hello? Hey, a quick question. Uh, yeah. Hey, can you hear me there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, quick question uh, for uh, am- about ambition and or at least even kind of the mindset on how to approach uh, gamification when it comes to, I've run into before, I'll have, you know, for example, uh, maybe 10 salespeople, seven of them will love the sales game we've set up, super motivated by it, and the other three, it could not be more painful and more demotivating for them. So do you, does ambition have specific 
gamification capabilities or how, how have you guys approached that in the past? Love to get some insight. Yeah, Jamin, that is a, that is a really, really good question. Um, and a lot of what we're seeing is it's tough to spin up those competitions. Um, let's just say on close one deals when you've got veterans on the floor uh, who are closing deals all the time. And, and how is a new rep supposed to compete with that veteran, right? Exactly, yeah. And so, so we do have those capabilities to say, hey, we're going to spin up a competition on most improved, mm-hmm. right? And so it kind of levels the playing field and it allows a brand new rep to be able to compete uh, and, and get excited about one and, of those And that's all kind of automated in the software, right? It is. It okay. is. Yep. Yeah. A sales manager can, and, can spin that up really And I, I guess we should we should mention that the ambition was 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 founded and is built exclusively for the, the freight broker market. That's right. So yeah. many of you know Access America, uh, Ted Alling. Uh, he had originally asked our founders uh, to help him create a fantasy football for sales. Um, and at the time, our founders were actually working on another project, uh, but that went so well that they turned uh, their, their attention to, to this sales cool. gamification. Very cool. Wow. Well, Jamin, thank you for calling in and getting some clarification on that. Totally valid point. I wonder so, if the, the bottom three or the three that didn't like it were the uh, the bottom performers. That's so what the I was, people almost out the door that's anyway. Part of it too. Yeah. So have you done analytics on that? Does it tend to be the people who are the least engaged with these type of games? I find that it like it's kind of rich man, poor man. So the guy who's already doing really, really well, he could give a F. Like he knows he's safe. His book is good. Huh. He's a wolf. He does he whatever he wants the competition. to do. And like there I don't care as much as sales places say that that guy doesn't exist. That yep. that guy or girl any high level, they might not even be called a salesperson in your place, but if they're a high level seller, there's a good chance that they're yep. not held to the same standards as everyone else. Yeah, oh, we yeah. we use the term a lot, moving the middle. And so what we mean by that is, you know, sometimes competitions aren't going to be super exciting for your top rep yeah. or your your lower performings, but that's 60 to 70% in the middle. Yeah. That's what we're trying to move to, to be the A players. And, and really, that's, that's what sales managers, VPs of sales, uh, people who run sales team, that's, that's their biggest concern. That that's where they can make the, the create the most value in, right. in their sales team is that middle. Yep. Yep. So in okay. in our survey, money was far and away by number one. It was fifty percent mm-hmm. is number one for everybody. That's why we opened this too, saying yes, money's number one on our list as well. So let's move on to everything underneath it because money only defines so much. And as Kevin yeah. said, unless you're getting, I think young people might think a couple thousand dollars is like a big deal, but they're like, do the math on your phone right now. Do, uh, check out taxes. Do, yeah. Take do out five thousand dollar raise yeah. divided by. Buy 52 paychecks and you're looking at a take couple hundred taxes. dollars and like a tax. It's not going to make a difference. That's not the hill we're dying on. No. If you want to fight over like 20, 30, 40, 50, you want to fight over like a big, big change. Numbers. Go for it. 5, 000, yeah. Like, yeah, you want to fight over big numbers. Yes, fight over That's big right. numbers. Especially <laughs> if you're going to fight. Yes. If you want to put the terms <laughs> behind it. Uh, but the other one was becoming a sales expert was number two. Does that surprise either of, of you guys more so than any other type of recognition is just really knowing... No what you do and knowing it well. Maybe that's enough, that confidence. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's where you get the freedom. That's where you get the independence, right? If you become an expert at what you do, then the money will come. I yeah. mean, it's it, it, basically you don't have to worry about it. Chris Seeds, he put it this you can way. Predict it. Chris Seeds says, but money is never the why. It's the what that gets us to the why. Money can help us achieve certain statuses or build into our passion, but it's never the deep-seated reason why we do what we do. It never is. It, 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 I agree with that. Yeah. 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 Like I said earlier, there, there's more behind that, right? It's, it's a good it's, perk, though. It's, it, absolutely. it's a good perk. I mean, but, yeah. But, but, you know. We wouldn't do it without without exactly the, right. without the money, yeah. but um, th- there's other things that, that get you up in the morning and, and get you yeah. excited about your day. Yeah, definitely. Here's another one. What is your most important non-financial sales goal for 2020? So in terms, and to be motivated, you have to have these overarching goals and these smaller arching goals, right? The smaller arching ones are things like, what are you going to do for 2020? What is your short-term plan? What are you going to do for the next three quarters? That kind of thing. Well, this one was people wanted to be what they're aspiring, which was become an expert in the industry was number one. So they, beyond the yeah. money, they know you can only control that so much. That's up to you to go out and, well, and sell. But basically you have to become an expert in your industry. And number two, you know, you got to read, listen, learn all you can about sell. That was number two. To get to the money. Yeah. Right. You can't have... You can't have the money without building those two things. Yeah, right? I love I, mean, I love that it's in that order too. And then the next one up would be increased personal brand. Smart move, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I love that to see that in that order. 
Look, mm-hmm. especially we always talk about fears of automation or oh, is automated trucks going to take over? Look, the auto, what's going to get automated way sooner than that is brokerage and sales efforts, especially low effort sales efforts. Yeah. Like, if you can just be replaced by a uh, by a landing page on a website, you're in trouble. Add more value, and part of adding value is your own personal brand because companies recognize that that now. As long as you're not doing stupid stuff on like you're using your LinkedIn appropriately. I mean, right. and the and, best way to to build your personal brand is by becoming an expert in the industry sure. and improving your your sales, commenting on. Put that coffee down exactly right smart way to do it sending letters yeah yes yes Uh, definitely talk about every letter that comes to to 412 market street use social media more was under 10 percent what'd you think about that uh you know i i i I, you know i've uh, since we started put that coffee down i've gotten more and more serious about social media yeah and i really enjoy it you're getting motivated though, right? Oh, you're yeah, getting I'm a response. Motivated, yeah. People yeah. like a lot of times you share, and I think this happens when they start building their personal brand, is mm-hmm. they have nothing yet, right? And when yeah. you have nothing, it's like you know, you get like one to three likes, yeah. they're from family members or your coworker who kind of feels bad for you, and you're like, hey, Am I doing this? Just keep at it. Just yeah. just keep talking yeah. to people and be people always say, like, be yours, I can't be myself. Well, unless you're like an absolute like freaking weirdo, like be be the self you want to represent yeah. you online. And I think if you're not quite the expert, you just have to change your tone a little bit on social oh, media. Ask. Instead of, yeah, <laughs> make the tell. ask and not just say, hey, I'm an expert on this. Open up, Dude, be vulnerable, right? As Dooner says, you know, if you want to, uh, your, your personal brand and use social media more, start commenting on our posts. Well, here's what people don't get There's too. a great community there. Be the community, be the format, be the facilitator. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we tell a little bit here, but most of the stuff that we do is ask. We're talking about breaking down a survey, our own experience, your experience, experience of our listeners and how that all feeds into one another. And that's not us about telling everybody what the perfect way is. I don't learn that way very well because whenever someone tells me this is the best way to do it, I take that as a challenge to do it better than them or to do it a different way. A different way. Yeah. 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 That's I, a chip I, on my shoulder. I have to know the how and why. If you tell me what to do, we're we're never going to get anywhere. Fortunately, nobody tell me put how and why. Nobody put they didn't have any goals for 2020. So well, that's good. That's, that's good. good. Yeah, like I just want to make it through. I just <laughs> don't want to get coronavirus <laughs> at a con at a, at a conference. I that's just want to make it to the next day. All right. Do you believe your company's commission plan properly incentivizes salespeople to continuously land new customers as opposed to maintaining their book of business? Um, this whoa. one's a problem. Yeah, 50-50 was split between farmer and hunter. There's the ones that are hunting new customers. 75% are about hunting new customers. This was split. This was split. Do you think a 50-50 model works well, or should you have a retention team, and should you have a a new business team? I mean, in in our environment, we specialize that. So I I manage a full team of hunters. Um, So we've got that separated out uh, in in our business, but I've seen seen it uh, mixed in others. Yeah, so I mean, basically, it's kind of worrisome, right? Yeah. So fifty-fifty, it's it, you know, you certainly you have to. It, it's basically freight brokerage is very recurring, transactional, uh, a business, right? Uh, so, so you have to to keep your current customers happy, but you still have to go out and really go full force and filling that pipeline. And a lot of freight brokers that I, I've seen and, and worked in, it's more compensated more toward farming. Yeah, and yeah. and basically, and, and once you get into cradle and grave. Uh, you're really incentivized to farm. I mean, I've seen... uh, In the 3PLs I've been in, the the sort of model was they don't give you any book of business, any existing accounts. You start at zero. Go create it. You build that up. And then successful reps start moving more towards that percent model. So Mm -hmm. you start 100% hunter, and then as you start bringing big accounts, they, as a lot of people know in 3PL sales, if you make contact with the account, they will like they'll send DOs to you. They'll send they'll send uh, they'll send their thirty four sixty one to you. Their entry docs. They'll send all sorts of. You're like I'm the sales guy. You got to talk to operations now. They still want to maintain that relationship. And you know I can understand in brokerage why if, as you get the and when you meet older reps, they're barely ever cold calling or prospecting. Oh yeah, you, you build a business. So there's other freight brokers that I've seen. Uh, where, where basically you just wait until the, the people with the, the good books of businesses because the compensation wasn't really there for them to go out and really hunt. Uh, so they formed a lot, and the compensation there was, was, was more of a base salary yeah. focus. So you just wait around until they leave for, for something else, and you just inherit their accounts. Which yeah, isn't a good way to. to I think go, the but. challenge for the rep is uh, that's a very different mindset on hunting versus farming, and and you have to be able to like switch that focus pretty quickly if you're in a in a fifty fifty model. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, here's one. This is a good one for you. Where in the sales process can gamification have the most positive impact? Hitting sales 
money targets was number one. So it was just trying to really drive those sales values. Makes sense. Why else would you be doing the game? You're not there to entertain your, your sales staff, even if you say you are. You're, you're still trying to get them to work and, and drive business, right? Sure. And when things aren't good, you always get people talking about, like, it's always bad when your boss starts sharing around articles about like how much time is lost playing fantasy football yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> <'Cause it's either laughs> it means you're not doing, it means you're not doing sales well enough. Right. Yeah. It, it does. But we were talking right before we come on the show, the, the, the problems with just incentivize or gamification, closed sales or money coming in. Door. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I, I really like uh, gamifying the, the, um, the activities that lead to those close one deals. Um, because that's the grind of sales, right? The making the cold calls, uh, you know, we have triggers that go off after every, every rep makes their 75th call for the day. So their song goes off, uh, because that's the tough part of the day when, mm-hmm. when you gotta, you know, make 25 more, um, that's when you want, you know, to get excited. And- exactly right. Exactly right. And it kind of the, the new guys and the veterans, if you're just, just concentrating on closed sales. Uh, the, the new guys it's hard to compete. Yeah, it's, it's harder to compete, and they're gonna they're they're gonna skip over parts of the process. That's right, and just focus on closing deal instead of uh, working through the prog- process, the yep. sales process, because you have to do that. Yeah, exactly. Christopher right. Martinez, you're right, Stuner. Hey, Christopher, thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate it. Uh, the last Good. one was how far. Do you think you're away from having your own personal sales process to constantly bring in and close new leads? Surprisingly, most people said that they're there now. And I call BS on that. I do too. You guys <laughs> yeah, are yeah, liars. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that is confidence, just, right? Yeah, so that's just BS. Yeah. It is BS because basically I am sitting here, I'm thinking, I, I saw these results this morning. I'm sitting here thinking I'm at least two years away from, from being that. Oh, and, yeah. and two years from now, I'm going to tell myself I'm at least two years away from I'm that. I'm just going to find a better bar to jump, a higher bar. I, I know, right? Because basically yeah. to, to get a, a constant inflow of leads and the expertise just to, to knock them down at a predictable rate. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 it can't be 50%. No. Yeah, BS, BS, and, BS. And, and process is always changing, right? It is, So yes. like once you feel like you figured it out, you probably need to reassess. Uh, reassess, yeah. So, I mean, basically, I, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm at least two years away. <laughs> right. I'm at least two years away, but everyone's I mean, saying that. I would that say longer. Here. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, right? No, I'm just... Uh, we're always we're, we're, we should I mean it should be like a death goal like right it should yeah. be a year goal it should That's be right. like I always want to get better like one thing that motivates me is knowing that I'm better than I was yesterday like especially when you first start out the gym well I'm a little bit stronger than I because you're, you're not going to see mm-hmm. results in a mirror immediately but you gotta go uh, or you go on a diet I'm a little bit lighter than I was yesterday oh, yeah. and I'll be a little yeah. bit lighter tomorrow and the next day as long as I keep doing that yeah. not anything as long as you keep doing it you haven't failed yet I, I want to, to learn at least one new thing every day yeah and that's just just the, the start of my goal for our listeners who are looking to learn one more new thing about ambition, how do they reach out and find out more? Yeah, so on LinkedIn, Chris O'Connor. Uh, you can you can connect with me there. Uh, also, Chris.O'Connor at ambition.com. Um, would love to continue the conversation. Very good. Good stuff. Very good. Appreciate are you at ambition.com? Yep. Is, ambition.com. Is that the, okay. Very good. Thank you. Well, thank right, you very much, Chris. Us. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Yeah. Kevin, here's a question for you from Muzamil okay. Mahade. He says... What do you guys think about the broker market? Is it really a disaster? Hey, volatility. Volatility, volatility is coming back in. Yeah. It's not a disaster right now. Load volumes right now are above their peaks last year. And it might be panic buying of, of, of toilet paper and hand sanitizer. But right now, you know, capacity is tightening. It should be good. Yeah, find, yeah, enjoy the, the the ride at what lasts. Get sonar, find out what markets freights yes. are, are moving in, and lend a helping hand because people are getting overwhelmed. They're not used to this kind of stuff. People don't do the reps; they don't always keep them in, in shape all the time. So run into those, like in a, like in wrestling, get the hot tag. Yes. Just take the hot tag and jump in the ring. You I got know. fresh legs. Take it over. Yes. Uh, Stan Duncan, he wrote, Kevin, regarding ambition, goals, desires, etc., to make meaningful, sustainable change, I need to understand who I am and where I come from. How has my belief shaped the way I see the world? What habits do I think are perfectly normal strictly because those were the habits I saw all around me growing up? Those are the questions I find worth asking because they reveal where true change should occur. It's salient to your question. What's your core motivation and what do you really want to achieve in life? So Stan Duncan of Tallgrass Freight, he t- he's, he's very an interesting guy. He, he's, very introspective. He's, we've been communicating a little bit on, on LinkedIn. He's a very interesting guy. He's he's in Chattanooga. We're going to have him on here in, here in a few weeks. I love that because that is so, and that's kind of the opposite of money because it's talking it like, is. yes, money drives, but this is what really drives you. Yeah. Money is just a quantifier. Yeah. It just It's just a highlighter. You have to figure out who you are and what you want before you can identify your core motivation. And you need to know your core motivation before you can really attack 
to sales process. Chris Seed says OVI and OTRI are up. Good time to solve problems. Yeah, Chris, reading that sonar. Yeah. Chris Howard says he's with Kevin on some of the advice you've been giving today. Uh, so that makes one person. So we got to do the book drawing. <laughs> like I said, we had 27 people go in. I'm not. Even, there's so many now I can't read them all. We'll get to shout outs right. next, but let's do the book drawing first. Right. I'm going to randomly draw the number one through 37 using Google's one through 27. You need Google's random number generator. I'm yeah. going to generate right now. It's number 15. Who is 15 on our list? It is Eric Jeffers. Very good. Eric, Eric Jeffers, Jeffers has won. There we go. Never split the difference. It's all about negotiating from... Oh, wait. Oh, let me... Oh, there we go. Eric Jeffers. Eric Jeffers. Yeah. Yes. All about negotiating from Chris Voss, who used to be a FBI. He basically built the, the negotiating model for the FBI hostage team. Nice. The next book that we're going to do is The Art of War. The Art of War. Sun a classic. You would, if you a listen classic. to our theme song, you would, and in our letter, he said, "P.S. I love the intro theme." Yeah, Art of War derived from that. Uh, so, if you want to be a part of it, starting right now, it just is. put in the comments you would like to be added to the book, or reach out to me at Timothy Dooner on Twitter, at Kevin Hill on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can hit both of us up there. Leave a comment, and we post the post. We rally all these. We round all these up until about Wednesday morning. Then they go into mm-hmm. our number picker sheet, and then. Um, then whoever wins, wins. And as you said, all you have to do is drop us a line, yes. comment, just say, I want that book. Even share the show. Share show, say, I want yes. it. That's all you got to do. You don't have to leave a review or anything. Although, if you go to iTunes and leave a review, that's oh, awesome. That's great. That'd yeah. be a nice thing to do. Uh, Amanda Miller, she wrote, I want in. This is how simple it is. She wrote, I want in last week. Corey mm-hmm. Albert said he wants to be in the next one. You were my man. Brandon Beaton said he loves these book raffles. Patrick Murray loves the raffles. Jim Herbelsheimer, he said he wanted to be in that drawing. Lots of great stuff. Nathan yes. Frazier, Daniel Walsh, Tyler Miller, Donald H. How do you feel about load trading broker schools that have been going on in different cities around the country? I don't know. That's too long of a topic. We'll get to that some other time. Yes. Uh, what is this guy? Jacob Reed. Jacob Reed, Vice President of Business Development of ARL. He said, hi, Tim. I just wanted to reach out and connect. I see what you guys are doing at Freight Waves, and I love it. I'll see you in May. Paige Finch, she wrote a nice message to you. Do you yes. have that one? I, uh, hey, Kevin. Me. She says, hey, Kevin, truly enjoyed your podcast today. And I could have gone on for days regarding sales, shippers, and consignees. Looking forward to your next segment. Oh, Paige is here, Very too. Good. She just oh. wrote, I would like to be added. Patrick Murray said, for rats on, Eric. For rats on. For rats on. For rats on. Please <laughs> sign me up, Patrick O'Loughlin. Um, oh, definitely, you'll be entered. Joseph Thank you very much, Paige. said, I am enjoying Put That Coffee Down. Thanks for doing it. Michelle Spanier, she writes. Yeah. What is she right here? Hey, Kevin, I'm enjoying Put That Coffee Down. I'll be sharing with my team, Director of Business Development at FLS Transport Services. I, I know. So, Definitely let, share with your team. Hey, to your team. Yeah. Shout out. Hello. Hi, guys. Uh, th- so I'm not going to read this guy's name, but I got a very interesting email about sales versus ops balance. And he said, Cassandra's recent comment on Put That Coffee Down about burying your head in books and podcasts, stay away from the haters and just truly dance, caught my attention. He had transitioned to sales after being in operations for a few years, and he leveraged some of those connections he'd made. Yep. He'd been doing very well, but he was viewed as an outsider by his sales team. They're looking at him like, you know, landing these accounts right out, out the gate. And so he's mm-hmm. a threat. And what I told him, what I responded to him was, you know, you're just being looked at as, as a threat right now. You've got to ingratiate yourself to the team. Fine, but find your coach. Find your champions. Find the people who are on your side. Don't worry about the people who don't like you. You're not going to change their mind. They are threatened, and until you yeah. cannot become a threat to them. And you don't even want those kind of people in your life because the only way you stop becoming a threat to them is you let them know they can use you. Yes. Yeah, you show value where they can use you. Yeah. And, and get a leg up, close some deals with your expertise. Yeah. Everyone will love you. Yeah. That's a good way to manipulate that person. It but is. Like the yeah, actual definitely. good people you work with, too. There's usually, there's also good people out <laughs> there. There are, yes. You have to manipulate everybody. But Vito, so what I told him is, find out the find out the coaches, find out the person there that people aren't eating lunch with. You know, make your yeah. own make your own geek squad. Yeah, yeah. Create your own group. Your own clique. A lot of people are. Scott Watanabe, thanks for the ad. Love the podcast. We have developed and implemented a training department uh, earlier cast, he loves. Uh, he was done with the Throne to the yeah. Wool style. Five years later, he's now a director of training and agent development. So he loves what we're saying. He's utilizing the topics each week. Here's a weekly sales training. Yes. So whatever we do becomes his course material. Uh, Scott, want to sponsor us? We would love that. We would be more than happy to. We can help you make some of that. We can make dreams come true. Make Eric Jeffers. Oh, he's true. the guy who won. He won the book. Yeah, he won the book. He was logistics and transport A and E account executive at YRC Worldwide. So congratulations to you. Eric Steve said, I find your content invaluable. I'm a little late to the party. Uh, so I know we're, we got Freight and Nam is coming up next. So we're running we do, yes. So, guys, 
Everybody who wrote in, Calvin Sachs, we appreciate it so much. Nicole Barrett. Nicole Doug Barrett. Phillips. Thomas Barbe, Michael Stewart. Jonathan Edwards. Wendy Bright. Calvin Wendy Sachs. Brightwell, who said she's having her turn to him in. Uh, Jim Campbell, who wants the book, please. Barry Umaliller. So all of you guys, thank you so yeah. much for joining in. To put that coffee down, subscribe to us coffee. on Freightcast. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, everywhere. Podcasts are heard around the world. At Timothy Dunas, D-O-O-N-E-R. Kevin Hill, H-I-L-L. Yeah, very well, simple name. Super simple. I mean, who yeah. can screw up Hill? I, I know. Send us a letter. He gave you the address. Look it up on FreightWaves.com. Yeah. We'll put it on the Wall of Fame. Yeah. Get a better wall. Yeah, yeah we'll sticky. get one that will actually stick. Anybody want to sell us some good sticking material? Yeah. Her Velcro works well. <laughs> I think we use tape on that one. We're going to get a proper, proper Wall of Fame for you guys. Of course, the idea came in about three minutes before we actually started the show. So, yes. well, we'll be better prepared next time. Thought that counts. Take it easy, guys. Love you.